Welcome to Sustainability Steps, where we dive deep into important discussions regarding global sustainability. We are your hosts, Ishan Bardwaj, Ishan Akula, and Shrey Agarwal. Tune in every month where we'll be joined by experts engaging in discussions about worldwide issues, sustainability efforts, solutions, and inspiring initiatives aimed at creating a more sustainable future for our planet and the people on it. Whether you're deeply passionate about sustainability or are just starting to explore how you can make a difference for our planet, our podcast is here for you. We dive into engaging conversations and offer practical tips to help you along your journey toward a greener, more sustainable lifestyle. Enjoy. Today, we're joined by Dr. Radhika Iyengar, a PhD at Columbia University who has a master's degree in economics from the Delhi School of Economics. She's currently working as Director of Education at Center for Sustainable Development in Columbia University. She's actively involved in environmental science education and collaborates with other scientists, environmentalists, and health experts on various environmental topics. She's also the Chair of Environmental Sustainability Education Special Interest Group at Comparative and International Education Society. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Radhika Iyengar. Thank you, Ishaad, and everyone. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up? What what exactly was it like growing up in that area? Sure, Ishan. So yeah, I grew up in um, Bhopal in um, Madhya Pradesh, in the state of Madhya Pradesh in India. And uh, it was a very normal city, small town in India. And uh, But in 1984, things changed quite a bit. Uh, our, our city was hit by a disaster that no one was able to foresee. And that changed the face of our town uh, completely. Many thousands of people died and many were uh, became ill uh, perpetually. And uh, this was called the 1984 Bhopal gas tragedy. And since then, somewhere I thought that uh, climate injustice was not really... Uh, award at that time in 1984, but it really was there in the back of my mind and I continued to dwell on this topic and did some research work and, um, and you know, uh, and then things continued. But I think that was my uh, a point where I was taken aback and I just wanted to see what is going on around Bhopal because of the Bhopal gas tragedy and how can we have no more Bhopals like this in the future. I've also heard about this tragedy and I and I think it's absolutely terrible that they allowed such things to happen. So when you came to the US, how exactly did you like set in stone that you wanted to tackle these environmental issues because uh, we saw that you previously did economics. So how exactly did you stumble upon the topic of sustainable development? Yeah, actually, that's a very interesting question because people think that if you do economics, you can't do sustainability or people think that if you are a doctor, you can't really work on sustainability topics. And I think that's really changed over the past um, many years, I would say around 10 to 15 years. So when I came here, I did my PhD in economics of education, very different from sustainability. But during my PhD time, I worked with a professor on, again, the Bhopal gas tragedy, sustainability related topics. And that became really something that, again, was driving me towards uh, more focusing more towards sustainability. And when I joined the Earth Institute uh, with Professor Jeffrey Sachs as the director of our center, 
he really opened my exposure or had had like you know um, worked on uh, he has been working on sustainability for many years and through his work i was exposed to agriculture i was exposed to health public health systems i was exposed to shared solar so may it it just happened that sustainability happened to me through all these experiential um uh incidences in sub saharan africa and i think i was then uh, somehow learned a lot from all these various experts sector experts and was driven more towards sustainability in the broadest sense not just focusing on the environment but really sustainable development which has so many different dimensions that we need to tackle and that's the beauty you can have you can be a journalist and working on sustainability you can be a doctor you can be an economist there are there are many many different opportunities and career um tracks that sustainability and environmental uh, aspects offer so maybe you can um give your like your personal definition of sustainability and sustainable development here as well um so i'll go with the literature driven definition of sustainability um sustainability has four pillars as defined by the un it has the economic pillar it has the environment pillar it has the social pillar which is includes the all the public goods for example the health and the education and then last is the governance good governance is the fourth pillar and so i feel that if we are only tackling the environmental pillar then it's really not sustainability we are looking at climate or we are looking at environment sustainability is a is a collaboration or is a uh you know is a uh, concept where we have to take all these different four pillars environment social good governance um as well as uh, as well as social um, that all needs to come together so that we then define sustainability in the broadest sense and it has so many different intersectional aspects that uh, are uh, that needs to be considered together yeah um yeah that's a that's a really good definition um i think that kind of encapsulates a lot about what sustainability is and those four pillars you were talking about i think they're um they kind of they show like you can't really be focusing on one things and there's like a bunch of different things that make up sustainability so um could just like next question could you share with us a bit more specifically about i know you talked about this before but a bit about your professional journey and like what your current role is with sustainability sure shri so my current role is at well, i work at the center for sustainable development and i work as the director of education directing international projects um, international education projects that my center includes which includes working in india on uh, computer literacy which also includes working on uh well being and education uh, which also includes working on uh, this um, uh, sustainable development goal 4.7 target 4.7 which talks about uh, education for sustainable development and global citizenship education specifically so it it includes a lot of different um, i guess combinations of sustainable development either through climate education or through uh maybe 
you know well-being and education it it includes various different aspects of education that we need to look at uh, through research angle through practical angle through uh, advocacy angle i work with uh, this group called mission 4.7 which is a group of entities including unesco un sustainable development solutions network it also includes uh, uh again center for sustainable development ban ki moon center all coming together all combining all our forces to drive global citizenship education and education for sustainable development through schools through you know community based education through non formal education through non profits so it again and again working with various different governments at the policy level on how we can ensure that sustainability is integrated through various different pathways in the education system i find i found it really interesting how you applied your work and knowledge in like many different countries and internationally so i was like really cur- curious are the challenges that you um face like in each country different and like how do you deal with them yeah this is a very broad question ishan so it's going to be difficult to answer but i'll maybe give you some uh, snippets of what i found um i found that uh, in many countries including um i guess many i would say many developing countries uh, i found that there is this dichotomy between um what students need to learn and what the school system is teaching about sustainability so um uh, again just to give you an example that sometimes um the school systems textbooks are outdated this field of sustainable development is evolving as we speak so it's very difficult to keep up to date or current with what's going on in um the sustainable development world and uh, sometimes these books get out of dated and uh, students are learning Uh, from various aspects we have internet everywhere there is you know lot of different opportunities to learn from you know from each other from online sources so students are learning uh, about sustainability through various sources but somehow our school systems are not keeping up uh, with their uh, with the topics that the students need to learn or desire to learn as well as sometimes the school systems work so slowly sometimes textbooks take a lot of time to develop and of course these are giant systems um, that move very slowly so i think some of the challenges are the slow movement of education system versus what the students need to be learning now to create a better or a green future for them tomorrow and speaking of uh, the younger generation a common question that we see looking at the sdg goals from students and for many people is that they're very broad that almost in the sense that they cover almost all the issues that are faced today for example things like life below water and life on land so like my question is how can we ensure that these efforts how can we ensure that efforts to achieve the sdgs are inclusive to almost everything we have to combat yeah very excellent question and thank you for being so reflective about the sdgs i think they are a very broad framework and i think the beauty about a broad framework is that countries can decide what they want to work on and how specific they want to be taking these goals um 
as as like a broad framework so of course it's very difficult to work on all the 17 sdgs at the same time but but also they are a framework and they are basically a almost like a guiding principle and so what the countries are required is to see what is specifically under sdgs that they can do and have these benchmarks and have like goals and outcomes um so that they know how to track their progress towards the sdgs and uh, and and i feel that the sdgs provide this broader guidance or broader framework so that um, the countries can make it their own and own and own the progress that they have shown unfortunately what has happened so far is that we have almost reaching the midpoint of the sustainable development goals timeline and we have not seen countries reaching these goals so either they are too vague and broad or the countries are unable to do it because of many challenges we have covid we had many things going on many countries don't have the have enough funds so of course there are valid reasons uh, but i would want to see more of a country ownership of these goals as guiding principles and as uh and the countries making these goals more specific for their own they can adapt it contextualize it and and drive towards a progress for at least um as many as they can yeah i i completely agree with that you know countries since since these sdgs are very broad um countries should be able to countries should adapt to them and kind of make them specific to what's going on in their country but on the topic of like inclusivity and um like adaptation how how can we make sure that no like individuals or no groups of people are left behind when we start working towards these um sdg goals in these different countries mhm again excellent question and i feel that the answer lies in communities and towns i am very much a grassroots person and i don't believe in countries taking up these sdgs of course they can only report what the sdgs are but it all depends on how these cities and towns and communities are uh, taking um, the sdgs forward and every town should have our own version of sdgs that we track and and uh, see where we are and how uh, uh, you know in terms of what are the missing elements and how we can actually um provide funding um towards reaching these goals so how can we use these local towns uh local communities and maybe you guys can become the voice of the sdgs where we can have our own specific goals that the township agrees to have a sustainability plan uh so that we can have our own localized version of the sustainable development goals um that we take forward and of course the country as as a big nation can report all these initiatives um at a national level at a regional level um, but it is up to the communities and it is up to the individuals on how much pressure or how much accountability they put on the local governments to take on this uh, this task I think that's a really interesting stance to take it like from a local level and kind of like in, in within the community work on um the sustainable development goals um but going a little bit more specific from all the goals to like one in particular about climate action 
what progress um and how much progress have you seen both perhaps like in our local community but also like regionally and globally has been made toward achieving the climate action sdg specifically what do you think about that i think climate action is again such a broad goal that we can um, you know there are there are there are many ways of reaching those goals uh, what progress basically i've seen is that uh, during the latest cop meeting conference of parties that happened in uh, cop 28 that happened in uh, uh, in dubai we basically saw how all these goals are actually taken up Uh, by various ministers and I, what i see promising is that we have now it's not just the environment minister who is responsible for the climate goal it's also the infrastructure minister it's also the planning ministry it's also the education it's also health all of these various um, goals are kind of merging and all of these climate action so to speak is uh is driven by various different ministries so i think that is a pro- very promising element and we have had a very successful cop i would say uh this time in terms of uh, progress that countries have made they have pledged towards using uh, renewable uh, sources of course it takes a lot of time there is no clear pathways but countries are driving towards sustainable sources and at least are striving towards it of course funding and other things are are still a challenge but at least the intention and the motivation is there so i think there is um, regionally it's going to be difficult to compare because some countries are driving a lot of like the nordic countries are dri- driving a lot of sustainability focus uh, us is still uh, lagging behind but there are promises that we have seen uh, with the biden ministry uh, similarly india is also focused on uh, is also focusing on renewable sources of uh, energy and that that again is a big step so i think there are steps that many countries have taken that are very promising it is yet to see, we are yet to see a a, a big um, uh, you know uh, a reaching the goal um, yet to yet to see uh, sdgs being met but at least again having a framework and striving towards it is something that is um, i would say it's very encouraging um again what i see lacking is our towns um, there are many actions climate actions that are currently going on but i don't see a cohesive plan that speaks to all the sustainable uh, development goals of or so to speak sustainability whatever however we define sustainability i think our towns need to step up and we as uh, residents of the town needs to um, again focus on things that are more broad um, that are more policy oriented we need to ask our local representatives to see how the state's policies can be reflected new jersey has a climate policy which is very progressive and we want to we should ask our government representatives to see how much of that is possible and what is the sustainability plan so i think the countries are overall i see very good initiatives in terms of policy but what does policy really mean it means something has to be done on ground and implementation and where is that going to happen it's going to happen in our towns and of course we need to step up to make those things possible Yeah, on the topic of um like governments and what and the lack of change we've been seeing, what role do you think governments and policymakers should play in driving change and how can us citizens advocate for these policy reforms 
reforms that actually help support sustainability and promote sustainability? Yeah, very big question, Shrey. And I think you guys need to give the answer because you guys are all very well informed about sustainability. And the fourth pillar, I want to go back to the fourth pillar of sustainable development, which is about good governance. How is good governance possible? It is only possible when people like us ask questions in our uh, in various platforms. So I think it is up to us on making the governments responsible, accountable through good governance systems and how um, we become more, um, I guess, uh, become more demanding from them is I think that's the answer that uh, that uh, will help us to reach the, the sustainable development goals. And as you mentioned, it starts with us, the younger generations. I just wanted to ask you what message you have for the youth and younger generations to not only lead an environmentally friendly life, um, but also keep in mind all the sustainable development goals and how they can be more sustainable in their daily lives, for example, like in school and at home. And I know like many um, students will be very impressed and inspired by your work and will want to continue in the same direction as well. Maybe a very uh, short answer, Ishan. Uh, I think you guys are very well informed and you all are on the right track. I think we need to change the conversation on, okay, we are all, this one conversation is individual level. We are all very eco-conscious. We have become eco-conscious over the years. That's great. But now we need to really rely on the power of the collective. Make sure that you also are a big voice in the school through various clubs um through various avenues um and also at the township level make your voice heard it should not be sometimes this whole environmental struggle becomes a very lonely struggle where you feel that you are the only one who's asking all of these i think that's completely wrong so i feel that you know we need to really rely on collective bargaining power we need to rely on making our township uh, policy makers hear our collective pledge and the best way to do it is through student voice and the best way to do it is through your clubs uh, at the school level, at the township level. So I feel that making sure that your club is really the voice of youth participation in this green movement is, is something that you guys are already working on. I congratulate you for, for taking this step, but it, your voice needs to be heard at, the, at a school level and at a township level. It's high time. And for our final question is, what can our listeners do in their own communities to work towards SDG goals? Regardless of age, how can anybody work towards SDG goals? I think anyone can work towards the SDG goal. Even a kindergartner can work towards the SDG goal. What does it say? Just basically says protect your environment, um, get educated about sustainable development. And I think we are all on the track of getting ourselves educated. Uh, we are all on track on doing our own bit, doing our own actions, um, making a way, making sure that every little thing that you do, even a cup that you save, a plastic cup that you do not use, even a, a grocery bag that you carry and not buy a new polypropane, uh, whatever policy, polythene bag. I think those things need to continue on a much larger scale. So I would suggest or I would encourage uh, everyone to do their bit. Individual actions count a lot and we need to make these individual actions known publicly. So you make use of your social media, make use of your 
presence in various different avenues to make sure that everyone hears your ask and it can be as simple as okay let's avoid a plastic straw today it can be as simple as that so i think we need to just continue with our collective voice uh, and not feel lonely and not feel de dejected by uh, by whatever opinions that may come through or you know other things that are that are there uh, i completely agree um i think that's all the time we have left for today. Uh, so we're going to end the podcast here. Thank you so much, Dr. Iyengar, for uh, joining us today. Thank you. And so we hope uh, we hope all the listeners, you know, learn something and take action in their own community.